We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Notre Dame fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. I am Vince D'Addario. I am the football analyst here at irishbreakdown.com. And with me, as always, is Brian Driscoll. He is the publisher at irishbreakdown.com. And we've got we've got a fun topic here today to talk about. We, we kind of uh, hinted at this one in one of our previous videos uh, when we were talking about the defense, about how there's a chance that Notre Dame could be better defensively mm-hmm. in 2021 than they have been uh, in recent years, uh, including last year. And I, I saw a couple of comments. Uh, I think it was on the YouTube videos themselves that were, you know, people were like, how is that even possible that Notre Dame could be better on defense? You know, they lost their coordinator, you know, they, they lost uh, some serious players and we'll get into mm-hmm. that specifically uh, as to who they lost. Um, a lot of turnover, mm-hmm. a lot of turnover uh, from 20 to 21, but there is a chance that Notre Dame could be better. And so that is one of the things that we wanted to kind of throw around. What does that mean to be better? Um, you know, can they be better? What areas can they be better? All those different things, mm-hmm. I think is gonna be a fun thing to talk about. Yeah. I mean, look, the defense has been the driving force behind the last the success the last three years. I mean, let, let's be honest about that. You know, Brian Kelly likes to throw around the team's record and all that kind of stuff. Well, 33 and five over the last three seasons, including two playoff berths, is pretty flipping good. Yeah, no, you know, absolutely. Um, you know, we've talked about when we criticize Brian Kelly, it's it's that he's not taking him to that final level, but 33 and five is still pretty good. Um, the, the question is, is can they can they be better? Yeah. Better as a program and better as a defense. And I think the concerning thing for me is I don't have a lot of faith that they're going to make the changes they need to make on offense, which yeah. means the pressure is still going to be on the defense to be great. Um, can they be great and can they be better than they were in 2021? I think for stretches of 2021 or 2020, 
for stretches of 2020, I think the Notre Dame defense played as well as it has in, in Brian Kelly's in, entire tenure at Notre Dame. Uh, there were some – I mean, the North Carolina game was about as of, of impressive of, of a performance as we've seen Notre Dame have. In, in a, I mean, when you consider the numbers that North Carolina was putting up and not just putting up through the season, but you look at the games right before and right after Notre Dame, <laughs> they were putting up huge numbers, and Notre right. Dame completely shut them down. And, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it was an impressive performance. And yeah. I think they, they faltered late. They had some injuries. They were young at some spots. And, and you had some guys just not finish the season as well as they started. But, you know, you also played two really good teams at the end. Sure, uh, no, no doubt. But there were stretches when it was really, really good. And now the question moving forward is, what will this defense be now without right. Clark Lee? You know, without Dalen Hayes, without Adi Tagumba well, Ogundiji. Let's, without... let's go down the list. I, yeah. I wanna, let's talk about what Notre Dame has lost, yeah. both, both from a personnel standpoint and from a coaching standpoint. I want to yeah. set the table here for what they're trying to replace. Well, obviously, Clark Lee was a big loss. I mean, Clark Lee Absolutely. had proven himself to be one of the, the better defensive coordinators in the entire <clears throat> country, you know, as far as just like in-game, you know, in-game coaches, uh, preparation coaches, their adjustment, halftime adjustments were outstanding this year, for example. Their game plans were always good. They were always fundamentally sound. And the results speak for themselves. You lose Terry Joseph at safety's coach, you know, that's sort of a, a wash. Uh, but you lose your ends, Dalen Hayes, Adi Takumbo Gandizi. They're going to yep. be in the NFL next year. You lost a unanimous All-American linebacker and Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. It's huge. Um, you lost your best cornerback from last year, Nick McLeod. You lost Sean Crawford. Um, you're losing some depth. You know, there's no Jack sure. Lamb. There's no Ovia Gofu. You know, so so yeah. th- there's there's some, there were some personnel losses that, you know, Isaiah Rutherford was a guy that I thought was going to be in the com- conversation to battle for a starting cornerback job, or at least, a, you know, maybe the third cornerback job. He's now gone too. So there's a lot of turnover this offseason. And the question is, is, does Notre Dame have the personnel in place to kind of reload? Because it's we've had this conversation before, and that's one thing that, that Clark Lee did a good job of. You know, in 2018, you, you, you think about you lose Jerry Tillery, you and you go and you lose Drew Tranquil. You lose Tavon Coney, and the next right. year you're every bit as good statistically on defense. You know, last year you lost Julian Aguara, you lost Khalid Kareem, you lost Jalen Elliott, you lost Alohi Gilman, you lost Osmar Bilal, you lost Troy Pride. Oh, I forgot to mention that Julian Love kid in 2018 as well. He he's Average. pretty good. <laughs> you know, just a you know consensus all American. Um, you know, but you, you you lost those guys and you come out in 2019 and you're every bit as good, right? So yeah, they've done a pretty good job of reloading on defense, but their reloading has kind of resulted in them kind of having a very level uh kind of they've been kind of steady. You know, it's the yeah, status yeah, quo yeah, yeah. on defense. Yeah, sure. Now, that's not an insult. It's a good the, status quo. The status quo is yeah. really good. Yeah. I mean that as a compliment. It's like yes. it doesn't matter who they lose, they their, their play doesn't take a step back. Correct. Yes. Uh, that's what I meant by steadiness. And I know that can kind of come across as an insult because I mean it is an insult when I talk about that on the offense. So I, it's, I wanted to make sure that I'm clear. There's a level of play that you're always expecting from Notre Dame on defense. Right. Now, the question is, is can. What, what you know? What Clark Lee really didn't do was take him to that next level. So we saw like improvement in 2020. We saw the run defense get a lot better, but the pass defense took a step back. It's in in the bigger games. Mm-hmm. So the question is, can they do that with without without now a new 
a new coordinator? And it, 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 is there come a point in time when you just lost too many players consecutively to where you're going to have that year where you take a step back? I think sure. that's a legitimate question. Me personally, Vince, I think they're going to be better, but we have to make sure that we define better properly. No, no doubt. And, and I think, you know, uh, the, the definition of better is different for a lot of people. Um, you know, are we talking statistically better? Are we talk? you know, and what statistics are we talking about uh, when we talk about mm-hmm. statistically better? I think that that's kind of an important, uh, you know, thing to look at. You can give up more yards and still be a better defense than you were the year before, just for example, right? right? Yeah, because um, because you could play a much more competitive schedule. I mean, exactly. you, you could give up 30 more yards per game, but actually you were better because, uh, you know, this year you played, you know, eight top 25 defenses, right? You know, or, or, or offenses, or, you know, you, you had, you won games more convincingly. You had blowouts. Your offense is playing better, which means you're blowing teams out, which means you're putting your backups in sooner, which means you're giving up, you know, an extra 20 yards per game that you wouldn't have given up in a more contested game. So there's all types of ways to identify better. I think for me, Vince, there will be some statistical things I will look at to evaluate the level of play, but I don't think better is going to necessarily be a statistical thing for me. It's more of how they play. The Mm -hmm. one statistic that I will be looking at, however, is scoring. I do think that we saw some faltering from the defense late in the year when it came to the scoring defense. You know, you gave up more than you should have against Syracuse. And then, of course, you're in the season giving up over 30 points in back-to-back games uh, to Clemson and, and Alabama. And let's be honest, in both games, the teams kind of took their foot off the gas in the fourth quarter uh, off the defense as well. So, yeah, right. I think when you, when you look at it for me, I, I'd like to see the scoring defense improve from last season. And I don't necessarily say that that meant the defense. But I think the defense just had the whole weight of the season put on their shoulders the whole year. They did. And that was just a lot to handle. Uh, eventually, I think they kind of not buckled under that pressure, but gave a little ground because of that pressure. Because it was if they didn't play well, they weren't going to win. It sure. Was, it was all – I mean, if they didn't play brilliantly, they don't lose to they – they lose to Louisville last year if the defense isn't brilliant. Yeah, right. Uh, I mean, they, they won 12-7 to against a 3-7 right. and seven football team. They weren't winning that game because of the offense. Uh, you know, and we could we could have a lot of conversations like that. So, it's better to me is more about a level of consistency and a level of dominance and a level of playmaking. Those are the three things for me that I evaluate. I actually think the statistically, I I, I expect them to be better no matter what. That doesn't mean that like they're going to be a better. Like across uh, the board, at, uh, for for the most part, yeah. Because okay. I don't think that they're not going to play Clemson twice. True. They're true. not going to play, you know, North Carolina, they play again. They get North Carolina at home, but North Carolina is without their 2,000 yard rushers and Deami Brown receiver. and Daz Newsom. You know, they, 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 so, you know, Wisconsin's not exactly mm-hmm. like an offensive or not. You, you just look at the skill to me. USC is going to still be really good on, on defense or offense, but they also lose Amon Ross St. Brown. They lose their best offensive lineman. They lose sure. Tyler Vaughn's. Again, still going to be really, really good, but, you know, will they be, maybe as good as they were going to be this year. So I just look at the schedule, Vince, and I don't see a lot of offensive juggernauts on the schedule. And so I think that should help them statistically be better. I got you. Uh, whether that, but that doesn't mean that they're going to actually be better. <clears throat> and, and that's the point. That's where you say statistics, improved statistics don't always mean that you're better at something. Yeah. Because that is a lot of times reliant on the level of play, the quality of, of, of your opponent. And 
you know, it's like people say, well, shoes defense wasn't as good in 2019 as they have been in the past. Did you see their schedule? Right. Like they played like six top 10 teams. When you play six top 10 teams, you're not going to hold them to 14 points a game. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. That's so, common sense. Right. So, uh, you know, people. yeah. So that's for me is I, I think that I think um, if I had to predict right now, I think they will be better in 2021. That's my pre-spring prediction. A okay. lot is going to change between now and then. And that's kind of what we'll get into. But it, it, just to start off, you know, let's get this out of the way now. I think I predict that they will actually be better in defense on defense in 2021 than they were in 2020. Okay, so let's talk about specific areas where you think Notre Dame is going to be better. I, I've got a couple of ideas. I want to hear your thoughts uh, as well. The areas you think Notre Dame can be better, again, not necessarily statistically, uh, but just better. I think the first one for me is cornerback. I, okay. I think Notre Dame is going to be better at cornerback next year, and that's that's no even with McLeod leaving, even McLeod leaving, because right. number one, you're going to be going into year two of of, of what Mike Mickens is the position coach. Yeah, what you had an incredibly young group last year that will now be older. Uh, Clarence Lewis is going into his second year. You've got a really good incoming freshman class coming in, and I think you have a defense that will fit what they what the strengths of that group will be. Okay, you know, I think Cam Hart, and I think the other part is they're going to have a spring now, as far as we know. As far um, as we know, yes. As of right now, that's the plan, and I don't I don't see that changing. But right. who, who knows right, right now? Um, I think the spring is going to be huge. And I think the cornerback play would have been better last year if they had a spring. I think Cam Hart would have been better if they had a spring. I, I think KJ agree. Wallace would have been more beneficial of having a spring. Uh, the, the, you know, there's just a lot of things that happened last year that, that hurt the, that, that limited the defense. I don't think there would have been any doubt that Houston Griffith was the starting safety if they had a spring. And when he was out, with you know the quarantine, you know the contact tracing and fall camp, he would have got his job back when he came back if they had a spring. There was just so many things. Maris Luafau, how would he have progressed last yeah. year if there was a spring? Sure. So I look at a lot of those things and I say having a spring this year is going to benefit the defense in ways that that hindered I think at times the 2020 defense, including strength conditioning. That's another big part of why I think they kind of faltered down the stretches. You lost like two, three months of of because remember when they when they sent they sent them home last year. It wasn't like it wasn't like it was in the fall. So like in the fall, you know, there's a lot of corn, you know, self quarantining, not not like the quarantining, like the positive, the quarant the mandatory quarantining, just a lot, a lot of self quarantining. But they were on campus the whole semester. When Notre Dame sent students home, uh, or when students left for 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 break, they were still the football players were still there. Yeah, and they could do their workouts. They could be in the goog. When they during the spring, however, when they sent them home, they were they were home. Yeah, for they were months. No, and they were having to do like band work and like right. Because not every kid has the same setup. Most and is, don't. And right. this is one of the things that we talked about, which I thought was interesting way back when. And I know this is getting off the rails a little bit, but um, you know, twenty years ago, guys had gyms in their basement, right? I right. mean, every kid had a gym that was a real athlete. That was a you know, they had gyms in their basement. Now guys are going to their their specialty coaches. They're going to you know gyms outside the house. So when everything got locked down, the majority of the kids didn't have anything at home to work out with. It well, was just it's just a different yeah day and age. And the other thing too is Vince is the 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 gyms we had in our basements when we were kids were you could bench press, you could squat. Sure. Well, those aren't really 
things that we build our strength programs I, around anymore. Yeah, you're right. There are so many of the different exercises that, you know, you can't have that in your home unless you're like really wealthy. And I'm sure there's some of them are, but you know, but even, even then it, it's, if, even if all these kids had access to a local gym and a lot of these kids could go to their high school and work out when they're back home during the summers. But during that period, a lot of kids couldn't go to their high school gyms because ours again, we were down. on lockdown. Yeah. Ours is still. So again, it was just a unique situation. And I think that, impacted the strength conditioning of of that side of the whole team but especially i think that side of the ball i agree because there were so many new faces whereas the offense it was kind of like you have the same five starting offensive linemen you have the same quarterback you you know there was so much more turnover sure and and veteran players on that side of the ball so i think that limited the defense i think that's another reason why i expect the defense to be better is because they're going to have a whole semester of strength conditioning that they did not have last year um, they're going to have, uh, especially in, in a cornerback, the, that's a you know kind of loop back around a cornerback. I think that's going to be a big thing. Is I think Mike Mickens is a heck of a cornerbacks coach, and I, I think he had a very young, inexperienced group last year that needed to that needed all the work they could get with him. Yeah, and and they had one practice. He was on campus for like a month before they had to send everybody home. Yeah. And so I think that limited how quickly he could develop some of those young players. Cause a lot of those, those freshman corners last year were, I mean, Ramon Henderson was already on campus. I, I can't remember if Clarence, I don't think Clarence Lewis was an early enrollee, but uh, you know, Caleb Offord was and Cam Hart was on campus and, and KJ Wallace was on campus. And so I think losing that, that time hurt the defense. And so I think cornerback is an area where I expect there to be, you know, and again, this is projection, Vince, right? Uh, and that's but, all. That's what we're doing. I mean, it, it, it we're we're projecting that the team is going to be better. What, what are your thoughts, Carmi? Because like I just, I, I think you had mentioned this in another show. I just, even with that, I love the talent at corner. It's just, too. do you have faith that the coach can get them ready to and play? That, and, and that's and look, what it comes down to for me. Yeah, and and I agree with you. And I, and, you know, we're gonna. I guess we'll kind of mix the two things here because it was, you know, what areas are they going to be better? And then it was also what areas do you think if they're not, if it's not a better defense, it's because of this area. Right. I think cornerback falls into both categories to be perfectly honest with you. And it doesn't, it's not. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Because I don't trust Coach Mickens, because I do, uh, and it's not because I don't think that there's a lot of talent there, but there's also the most inexperience at that position on the whole defense, I, I think from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Hey, you've got some – we'll get into the rest later. But I think that if they can't count on the cornerback position, if they – for some reason that they aren't who we think that mm-hmm. they are going to be, 
I think that is one of the major things that will hold this team back next year, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. I, I just, if I had to pick a position, it's going to be the cornerback position, but it's yeah. also the one I'm the most high on. I think they've got the highest ceiling going into next relative year. to where they were relative right. to where they were. Yeah, absolutely. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. I think the other part of that, too, that ties into that, Vince, is I I think the pass rush is going to be a lot better this year. Uh, and, and that that factors into it as well, and that is is kind of factors into the faith in the cornerback position. Is you know, to me, I thought Dalen Hayes and Adi Tagumba Ogundiji were just excellent, excellent football players for Notre Dame this year. But they were more dual threat, balanced guys that really were both. If I had to say what was the strength of both players, the first thing I would say about both of them is they're very, very good run defenders. Correct. Rushing the passer is not the primary strength of either one of them. Now, they can both get it done, and Adi Tagumba Ogandiji led the team in sacks last year with seven, but he wasn't a guy you had to build your entire game plan around to keep from just wrecking a quarterback in the pass game. I think they, they're going to have more of a pass rush this year, and, and I think they're already making moves to do that. Obviously, Isaiah Foskey kind of stepping into year three is huge. I think he has a chance to be the best defensive end Notre Dame has had since Stephon Tuitt. I, I truly believe that. Uh, and that's saying a lot when you consider who's played that position the last couple of years. I mean, 2018, I don't know if there was a better defensive end group in the entire country than than Aquara, Kareem, Hayes, and Okandiji. I mean, that was a brilliant defensive end group. And then they had Jerry Tillery inside. So to say that he could be their best defensive end, and I think you could argue that he could end up being their, their most dynamic defensive lineman since Stefan to it, which, you know, people that remember Sheldon day in 2015 or might say, huh, that's, <laughs> you know, that's kind yeah, of saying a whole phrase, lot. Yeah. So, but he just has that kind of skill and, and I think he's going to break out and, and I have a, a lot of confidence that look again, what has Mike Elson done year after year since he's returned to the defensive line position? Doesn't matter who we lose. We're going to be just as good, if not better next year. And, and, and he's never had a, a ball of clay like Isaiah Foskey. Yeah. I think the move of Myron Tungavaloa to defensive end, which we talked about on our insider feature, is going to also benefit the defense. And and I think because it's going to get allow Jason Adamiola and Riley Mills to get a lot more playing time. And I think those are your two of your best playmakers. I, I mean, look, it's really funny when you look at Jason Adamiola, Vince. In 2018 and 2019, they asked him to be primarily a run defender, and right. he graded out as their by pro football focus as their best run defender. In 2020, they decided to not use him as a run defender and to use him as a pass rusher, and he was their best interior pass rusher. You know, so I think now that he's a senior, he's stepping in a situation where they're making this move with Myron Tungvaloa Mosa partly to get him at a position where he can better fit, but also because I just I think it's because you want to get more playmakers inside. You have to be you have to have playmakers up the middle. And if we could find a deficiency in the defense the last couple of years outside of corner last year, but the, the last two years, the defensive tackles have done a lot of good things, but right. they don't make a lot of plays on the ball. Yeah. And I think that it's 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 hurt them at times in some of the bigger games. Now with with Jason Adamiola playing more, if Riley Mills gets a chance to play more, maybe we see some Gabriel Rubio 
at three technique in the nose as well in the rotation role. I think you have more playmakers up the middle now. Okay. And I think allowing them to control the three technique with Myron at that strong side end where he's setting the edge and playing the run and, and doing those kind of things. And then you start thinking about what is it going to look like when they go three down and you have Jason Adamiola as the strong side end and Isaiah Foskey as the weak side end and you still like it. So I think that I think we're going to see more playmaking from the defensive line. I think the scheme is going to put them in position to make more plays as well. I don't think that was always the – and I'm not knocking Clark Lee for doing it. There's They both work. I mean, there's great defenses that ask their D linemen to kind of eat up gaps. That's fine. Alabama does that with all their five-star defensive linemen. Those guys don't make a lot of plays. They're make, they're setting up other guys to make plays. They're two-gapping or doing sure. whatever, they, whatever they can. So that's not a criticism of Clark Lee. It's just different. And, um, you know, Jerry Tillery made a lot of – you know, I think Jerry Tillery had like, what, eight sacks in 2018? But he only had like 10 tackles for loss. So all of his production was in the pass game. Yeah. I think what we're going to see this year is more run game production from the defensive tackles, meaning more tackles for loss, more stops behind the line, more stuffs. Uh, so I think that's going to factor into it as well. And I think that gets teams more off schedule. And that's a big part of it too. And I think those two things, fa- those two things to me tie together, Vince. A better pass rush is going to make life easier on the corners. Well, and yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about that. Um, I can't even remember which pod it was, but it was. We've been doing a lot of shows. They kind of all bleed together. <laughs> well, it was a situation where um, it was. Uh, do I think that you know the corners or the or the or the pass rush are going to be better or whatever mm-hmm. it was? And I said, look, th- those are going to be coexistent with each other, and I think mm-hmm. they one affects the other, and that's I completely agree with what you're saying. When you brought up pass rush, um, that's one of the things I wanted to bring up, but I wanted to throw a little bit of a slant at it. Um, I, I think, and I was looking more at like tackles for loss slash sacks. Mm-hmm. I think that number, and and look, I, and I was comparing Cincinnati's numbers to Notre Dame's numbers, and Notre Dame's numbers were better last year than Cincinnati's numbers were last year about by about 20 tackles for loss. The sacks were almost identical. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still think, and again, it's a statistical thing, but I like how involved the linebackers are in, in Marcus Freeman's uh, defense. And I think his scheme and you brought up scheme. I, when you're talking about the pass rush, I think in, in Freeman's scheme, I think you have to bring up also uh, the fact that um, it's going to be the linebackers. that are going to be involved as well. And, mm-hmm. and that, that part gets me excited because I think you're going to see some more, not, not exotic blitzes, but just coming from different directions and different guys doing some different mm-hmm. things. And I think that that is going to help uh, the pass rush, uh, for example, yeah. getting the linebackers a little bit more involved in different ways than we've seen in the past. Yeah. Now, when it comes to sacks, Cincinnati Notre Dame had one more sack than Cincinnati did right. last year. Yes, yeah, Notre, Notre Dame played two more games. Good point. So Cincinnati actually had more sacks per game Good point. than Notre Dame. Good point. Uh, and, and they didn't have the individual – outside of Sanders, they didn't really have a lot of guys that were just individual sack guys. I mean, yeah. you had, you had to jet. It was a lot of it was scheme related and not scheme related from the standpoint of they called this blitz to get this guy. So I had to throw the glasses on because I had to look up some stats. Um, but uh, it was more, the scheme allows players to be more, to be more impactful. 
uh, in the pass game. And right. so to me, that's that's why I look at it, and, and that's why I say like if you're if you're throwing up the sacks that they were doing last year with sort of the guys again, they had one guy that had more than three sacks last year. Yes, and that's it. Right. So it was it was a, a sort of a the entire unit making a lot of plays. So I, I think that's why I look at it. And I think the other part of it too, Vince, is you just can't look at okay, the that Notre Dame has these players and Marcus Freeman didn't have those players, but do Notre Dame's players fit what Marcus Freeman wants to do? And that's sure. the bigger thing for me. No, absolutely. When I look at it, I think Jason Adamiola is the perfect three technique in this defense because he's he is a penetrator. He's athletic, and he's athletic enough to not only be a penetrator as a three technique, but he's athletic enough to to bump out and play five technique when they go to the three down fronts. Yes, you know Isaiah Foskey to me is a great fit for this defense. So when I see those guys, I say you know the fit is there. Yeah, that's that's the other thing for me. And, I, I like the fit. I like the transition. And we mm-hmm. we've talked about, you know, what the linebackers are going to be doing. We we broke down what Marcus Freeman's defense is coming into Notre Dame. And I think you and I both agree it we're not it's not going to be a case of, you know, Freeman coming in here and trying to fit, you know, square pegs into round holes. I, right. I think that I think that Notre Dame fits very well into what Marcus Freeman wants to do. Now, mm-hmm. is it going to be the ideal, you know, what Marcus Freeman wants? Maybe not ideal, and maybe we'll see a little bit of a transition as we move forward, but I still think he's going to be able to do an awful lot with, with this group, and mm-hmm. I think that he's going to be kind of sitting in the corner just like chomping the bit, you know, wringing his hands like, mm-hmm. okay, I've got Notre Dame athletes now to plug into my system. This right. is going to be some good stuff. And it's not – and it's also suits him. It times well as far as you look at the schedule. And it, it, it again, it's not – I mean, the best offense he's going <laughs> to face the first four or five games of the year is going to be the one that he faced in practice every day for the last yeah, four years. Good point. Cincinnati. Um, you know, so the other the other part of it to me, Vince, is you mentioned, you know, the areas that I'm, I'm confident in and the areas that I'm not as confident in. One area that I'm confident in and not confident in is is sort of linebacker. I'm confident in I think the inside linebacker position is going to be a lot better in 2021 than it was in 2020. I'm not I I think the rover position is a big question mark for me. Uh for a couple of reasons. Number one is I don't know who's going to play it. I don't know how healthy those guys are going to be. Uh some of the guys are going to be there. And then I don't know if they have that third safety or that that fifth DB that they that he likes to use. You know, do do they have a nickel that they've liked to use? Is there a third safety that can be that guy? I don't see it right now. Uh, is there a big corner that could be that guy? Maybe it's Cam Hart, but we've got to see it. So I think that those two things kind of fit into me. The good part about the linebacker aspect of it is, like I said, I do think the inside linebacker position is going to be a lot better. I think part of it is is there going to be a, there's going to be a lot less thinking and reading at yes. linebacker. Yes, and 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 I want to bring this up because there is not a player on the defensive roster that we've banged on more in the last month of shows than Shane Simon. Absolutely. And it's not even close. Nope. And and it's deserved so because he did not play <laughs> well last year. No. Having said that, <laughs> we made a comment in one of our shows recently where we talked about how puzzling it is because I had him ranked so high coming out of high school. And, and what we've seen from him in Notre Dame is not what we saw from him in high school. In high school, he was this really loose athletic. He played wide receiver at St. Peter's Prep, yeah. you know. And I'm really curious to see if the light goes on for him with Marcus Freeman. 
is Marcus Freeman able to connect with Shane Simon in a way that Clark Lee couldn't from an ex from a football standpoint. Yeah, right. I'm talking right. about like personally, because I think Clark Lee loved, I would border say borderline obsessed over Shane Simon's physical talent. Yeah, that's why he would play it every game. Exactly. But Clark Lee couldn't get the most out of that physical talent. Yeah. And I think part of it was they moved him around so much. He never got comfortable at one position. He played sure. Rover. He played Mike. He played Buck. He was back to Mike. He was back to Buck. He played yeah. all over. And I don't think he ever got comfortable. And we've talked about that being something that slowed Houston Griffith down. Sure. I wonder if that's part of it. But I also think that Clark Lee asks his linebackers to do a lot pre-snap mentally. And I wonder if Shane, who's a very smart, intelligent guy, I think sometimes that can almost paralyze him because I think he overthinks. Sometimes you can be too smart as a football player. And I don't mean too smart from an instinctive standpoint. Yeah, I mean, like you think too much. Yeah. Like, okay, I've but if they do this, times. I got this. And you know it all. And that's part of the problem. Because sometimes you'll you'll find this, Vince, with a young player who doesn't isn't sure of what he's going to do. Yeah. He's going to do one of two things. Either yep. he's going to be super passive. Or two, he's just saying, okay, I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm just going to go sack the quarterback. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> I'm just going to run to the ball carry and make a play. Yeah. And and if you're a good enough player, you can get away with that. Well, Shane's was the opposite of that. He was passive. I'm not sure of what to do, so I'm not, I don't want to make a mistake. I think he was so afraid to make a mistake that at times it, it paralyzed him and he just allowed himself to be blocked with ease. Yep. If Marcus Freeman can kind of turn that switch on with Shane Simon, he could be a guy that that could go from being sort of someone we hammer and ask, how the heck is this guy in the lineup to, wow, that guy is really good. Yep. That is something I'm curious to see. However, if that light doesn't go on, I think there's enough talent at that position that Notre Dame is going to be good at linebacker one way or the other. I agree. You've I got agree. Maris. You've got Osita Ekwanu. You've got J.D. Bertrand. you got incoming freshman Prince Colley. You know, you could go Bo Bauer and Jack Kaiser, who, you know, maybe he plays yeah, Rover. Yeah. Maybe he – I mean, some you find a role for home <clears> for him. We talked about that in the – in the uh, breakout players are you know, podcast where we could see a scenario where Marist and Jack are both on the field at the same time. Yep. You know, maybe you do drew white and Bo Bauer on the field at the same time. There are so many good options there yeah. that it, it would almost be criminal. If Notre Dame doesn't have a good linebacker situation inside linebacker situation, Rover is a different question because, and the reason it's a, a question mark for me, Vince, is I don't know who's going to play there. Right. You know Paul Mawala is going to be there. He got and injured. He had a pretty significant if, injury. Well, the Achilles thing is the concern for me, Vince. If he just hurt his knee in the third game, I'd say he'll be fine. You know, ACLs aren't what they used to be. He'll be back. He'll probably be a little step quicker than he was pre-injury. I mean, you see that all the time. Achilles is still kind of that one where not everybody comes back the same from it. Yeah. You know, if Paul Mawala is healthy, I really like him at Rover. I think he could be a really good player. Is Isaiah Pryor that guy? You know, Isaiah Pryor can be that guy against the run because I think he's a really, you know, downhill athlete. I don't know if he's a guy you want flipping his hips and coverage, and that's a big reason he couldn't play safety is because yeah. he, he can't flip. And and I don't know if you if you want that necessarily. Now, that doesn't mean that there's not a role for him. Right. It just depends uh, on how from game to game. When we talked about this with Marcus Freeman, it just depends. He, his scheme changes game to game based on who they're playing, whereas Clark Lee, it looked the same. But there were different wrinkles and things like that from game to right. game. Marcus Freeman will change up the whole look of the yeah. defense in preparation for a team. So maybe right. there's a team in there, uh, like a Stanford, for example. 
just as I'm pulling that out right. of my hat, where, okay, we want another guy in the box who's just going to dominate the run or a Navy, uh, you know, things like that, that Pryor would be right. a perfect fit for. It yeah, Navy depends. Navy one is a good one because, I mean, you want you guys want a downhill guy. Yes. I mean, who does here's the your same job. thing over yeah. and over you, and over You and play over. the back every yeah. time, you know? Yep. So those are the things that you kind of factor in. So inside linebacker Vince, there's a great deal of confidence. And and again, I, I I'm really curious to see the growth we see from Shane Simon over the next year. I'm very interested by that because Me again, too. the puzzling thing was why is Clark Lee keep playing him? But the other puzzling thing is why isn't he better? Yeah, because he's got all the tools. I mean, strong, physical, long, athletic, yep. fast. Yeah. I mean, he just. He has all the traits to be a great player, and the hope is, is that the light goes on. Absolutely, because if the light goes on, he could be a really good football and, player. And a change of scenery from a coaching standpoint, sometimes yeah. can do that for a kid. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's not a knock on Clark Lee. It's not at all. It's like Liam Eikenberg benefited from Harry Heastan leaving. It just, I think he's a guy that just for whatever reason he didn't connect well with Coach Heastan. Um, it just Jeff Quinn was a better fit for him. For other players, that wasn't the case. Sure. So it's not saying that the coach is good or bad or better or worse. It's just it, – and that's – it's every coach is that way. Sure. The greatest coaches just have kids like yeah, – Yeah, just you can't connect to everybody. Right. It's impossible. It's and just, so yeah. – right, exactly. So uh, you just wonder is, is this is going to be a situation where Marcus Freeman is going to be able to, to push the right buttons with Shane Simon and get him to play? If not, I, yeah. will he be willing to say, okay, we're going to find somebody else? So I kind of jumped the gun and I said that the corners uh, were my my click to pick, I guess, for, for I think the highest ceiling. And then also they would be, if this team doesn't take the steps that I think that's mm-hmm. going to take on defense, that it might be because of the cornerback position. What group do you have in mind that if Notre Dame is not better in 21, that it might be because of that? Safety. Okay. Safety. And, and – <clears throat> That's a position that, to me, in the starting lineup, could be really good. Yes, but there's no depth. Right. Well, I, and not only that, not only that, let's talk about Houston Griffith for a second. Let's do that. I think Houston Griffith has a chance to be a really, really good football player. I do too. And, and we've seen stretches from at safety in practice where he's been really, really good. But he has to prove it. Right. He he's at the point now where he has to prove it. Absolutely. Um, and, and I prove it on Saturdays. And so that's still a question mark. Now, do I think he's going to do it? Yeah, I do. I do too. Um, do I think he's capable of it? Uh, absolutely. But he has to prove it. And and that's step number one. Number two is, to your point, the depth. Because mm-hmm. right now, I don't think Marcus Freeman can do ultimately what he likes to do, which is go with a true five-man secondary. Correct. Uh, because he's always primarily played a safety there. Well, he can't do that right now there's not a third safety that fits that spot i mean if you're putting dj brown down there that's just not a that's not a good that's not a good spot for him um you know maybe it's kj wallace maybe it's one of the freshmen maybe it's a big corner but i just have a big question mark about who that third safety is going to be especially when you go to the third not the third safety like the guy rotating in i think dj brown can be a good solid rotation player i do think he can do that where you know he gets 15 20 snaps a game kind of working in to spell kyle hamilton and houston griffith first series or two right but you just don't want him as a full-time safety and and but you know who's going to be that third safety when they want to go to their five-man secondary look that's the quote when they want to go to the three three five who is that guy you know because you don't i mean the whole point of going to a three three five let's just say like against usc for example they're an air raid team that that barely runs the ball so you don't need four 
four linebackers on the field. But if you're forced to go with four linebackers because you don't have a fifth DB you have confidence in, well, now USC has a matchup advantage, and some of the some of the advantages you get from going to a 3-3-5 are negated because technically now you're a 3-4. Correct. And so if they don't find that fifth DB, that could be a major problem. And and so there's plenty of talent there, but now we've got to see that talent step up and be effective. And right now I don't have a great deal of confidence in being able to point to who that guy is going to be. I love the the possibilities. Yeah. Sam Hart, KJ Wallace. Yep. Um, yep. You know, the incoming freshman, Philip Riley, Ryan Barnes. <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of options there, but it's 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 prove it time. And and that to me is ultimately what my big concern is. Big picture is I think there's the potential and talent to be better, but there's a lot of guys that have to do something we haven't seen them do, or at least to the level. Like I think Isaiah Foskey can be a beast this year. He's got to prove it, and he's got to prove they can be it more than just as a rotation guy. Right. I think Jason Adamiola could be a monster this year, but he's got to prove it, and he's got to stay healthy. Yep. And, you know, I think I think corner, I think Clarence Lewis can take a step. I think some, Ryan Barnes could play as a freshman. I think Tariq Bracey can be a really good cover guy if he can get his confidence back, but he's got to get his confidence back, you know. Um, Houston Griffith could be a really good player, but he's got to prove it. Shane Simon, Marist, I mean – we go down the line, there's a lot of guys that have to do something that sure. they haven't done to the level they've done for this defense to be better. Um, the talent is there. Sure. The coaching is there. Mm -hmm. But now it's show it time. Yeah. And that ultimately is the thing that that, that will will has me, you know, if I, I'm predicting it, but I wouldn't go to Vegas and put like, you know, my next two months mortgage payment on it. Oh, why not? You know, because I want to stay married. Um, so, uh, <laughs> can we just go to Vegas and watch other people bet money? Yeah. I mean, so, but, but I mean, that's, uh, that's if you're, if you're paying for the travel, <laughs> sure. Um, uh, but, but that to me is the thing, Vince, is I, I just, you know, I, I get, ex I get excited about, man, this defense could be really good. Then I start thinking, but this, but that, but you, yeah. you know, how coaches are this time of the year. Right. And so that's kind of the thing that leads. I do think this team has a chance to be better. I think it's got a schedule that's conducive to better success. I think it's got the talent. And the other thing too, Vince, there's a lot of depth on this defense with the exception of safety. Yep. There's a lot of, I mean, they can throw waves of bodies at people at every position except thing. safety. Yeah. yeah I right. agree. Right. And that's kind of some, that's kind of a fun thing. Like it's like, Hey, if this, and this is kind of what was frustrating with, with, with Clark Lee a little bit in his last year is, Hey, you have too many guys on your roster to allow that to keep happening week after week. Exactly correct. You know, and it wasn't just at linebacker. And it's just kind of like, why? Why aren't you giving this other guy a chance? Because this guy's not getting it done, and we have now evidence, game after game well, after game of evidence. Yeah, the, the the two the two spots, and I, and I don't want to rehash, you know, last year, but the two spots were were safety and linebacker. I mean, those those were the two spots where I was like, okay you got to give somebody else a shot because yeah. who you've got in there, you know, and, and look, Sean Crawford is a, is a great kid and he did the best that he absolutely could. But there were times where he was, he, it was a mismatch and you had to have somebody else out there and, yeah. and it, they just refused to do it. Um, and, and it just, it, you know, that was last year. I get it. Uh, but you're right. The depth uh, across the board on the defense is fun. And one yet another reason why I wish we could go to practice in the spring, but here we sit. So, and here's where we'll be sitting <laughs> yeah. when they're having practice. <laughs> that is right. That is correct. But you know, I, I still think it's fun to think about um, because I, I do think this 21 defense, you know, with the new scheme, with a, a little, 
you know, some added athleticism at some of these positions, uh, I, I think could really take a step in the right direction. And if the offense takes another step in the right direction as well, this team could be pretty darn good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, you know, we'll have to wait and see what happens. So uh, do you have anything else you wanted to add before I close? No, this that's it. Thing I, think, down? I think even if I think at worst, they're going to be as good as they were last year. Yeah, I think that's the one thing I say. Uh, the, the only question I have is not whether or not they'll maintain what they've done. Yep. My only question is, is will they be better? And I think they have a chance, but we have to see it. And I agree. And and ultimately, if as you said, if the offense doesn't make its changes, that's going to be the thing that determines whether or not Notre Dame is able to reload and be a playoff contender again next year, or if they're just going to be a nine and three, ten and two team that beats everybody they're supposed to, but can't win those big games. I think yep. this will ultimately be the difference between them being able to do that. Yep. Well, that's going to do it for this uh, edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. That's Brian. Whoop. That's Brian. I'm Vince. And uh, we will talk to you next time on Irish Breakdown Podcast. Mark Chapman, welcome to the Planet Premier League podcast. Each week, Cesc Fabregas, Nader Manua and myself talk all things Premier League. As a player, you don't have time to talk. No. You don't have time to make a plan. You just need to deal with wave after wave after wave. We watched Coach Carter and he said, oh, afterwards, the game's just about doing this for your teammates. And I remember looking around halfway through the film and half the squad was asleep. <laughs> Planet Premier League. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.